Hey, how you doing, everybody? We're back once again. It's Juan and uh, the the, whole the, city. the artist formerly known as Tool Boy. <laughs> um, rest in peace, Prince. Rest in peace, Prince. <laughs> Tonight's episode is episode seven, and uh, we're calling it Covers. Uh, I don't know if you want to describe basically what it is. Oh, uh, the basic idea is, you know, you either love or you hate covers. Right, so... And there's always that saying, never judge a book by its cover, but that's the fucking point of the cover of the book. <laughs> it's for you to want to at least... It's it's a good point to make, and I have... I, uh, I'll elaborate on that. But uh, basically, we started off by listening to a couple cover songs. I picked uh, Stand By Me, the cover by Pennywise, and uh, you picked... My Heart Will Go On... Covered by Dragon Force, <laughs> the power metal band, and it was it was very funny and a lot of fun to listen to. I think both of them were, but yours for sure was way better. Yeah, we had to act a <laughs> fool like we had. There's the album cover is like the universe yeah, while the song was playing. The the that's the album cover you're looking at, right? Yes, it's like fucking cyber dudes with lasers shooting at like metal fucking. Uh, insects or some shit. What the fuck is, is that? A metal dragon in the back? Yes, they're called Dragon Force. <laughs> yeah, I believe that's a dragon. <laughs> All right, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's basically <laughs> it's basically uh, just uh, anything that that we think of when we think about covers. So we uh, were listening to cover songs. We thought about album covers and um, cover art, whether it be comic book cover art, uh, video game cover art, album covers, anything that, that we might have thought of. So I've, I've actually gotten a, a good chunk of, of, uh, of artwork that I've pulled aside. And uh, I know that you've, you've done quite a bit of homework on, on gathering a bunch of artwork too. I don't know if you focused on anything in particular I got a bunch of video video game cover art. Now I did not get the cover art. I got the list. But okay. As we go through the list, I can pull up the next one and not. All right. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Really go through the, the <clears throat> archiving the images because it was I did a notes entry on my phone as you know throughout the week as I was thinking about what I wanted to add to those categories. Okay. I picked three categories. Maybe our three categories will overlap. Maybe they won't. So, okay. which it's funny you said uh, don't judge a book by its cover because a lot of the video game cover art that I picked, uh, that that's basically what comes to mind. So I, in particular, am, am like a huge fan of like seventies sci-fi artwork, like sci-fi cover, not cover artwork necessarily, but just anytime you look up anything sci-fi from like the nineteen seventies era as opposed to like the 80s and beyond it looks very sci-fi but still very very fucking fantastical and shit and um a lot of the video game cover art from that era is is very i don't know dude it, it's just it's really wild it's out there and if you think about that era any video games that were coming out in that era are very like basic 8 or 16 bit uh, video games and the artwork is so elaborate and crazy looking that it looks nothing like what the games <laughs> look like some of the games look so whack they're yeah, like so the make, like, even, even to like the the NES 
Yeah. The fucking Mega Man cover. Yeah, the, the first that Mega Man nothing game. That has nothing to do, to do with the way it. The game Not at all. But it's so dope. I love it. The, I love the it. full humanoid look. Yeah, it doesn't look anything like this little robotic kid who everybody's like grown, grown to like love or whatnot. It looks very, it looks ridiculous. Yeah, the guy in the original box art looked like he's going through midlife crisis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's in like his mid to late 40s. <laughs> like he's, he's got to think about when the hell he's gonna pay his child support. Yep, he's, poor guy. He's got. He's working his nine to five or whatnot. So yeah, basically, um, uh, started off with uh, with with uh, Pennywise. Pennywise's cover of "Stand by Me." Uh, when I think about covers, punk rock in 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 general seems to do like punk bands just seem to do a lot of covers of songs. And I've heard everything from a song like "Stand by Me." to like pop music right so <clears throat> i was just thinking about it when you played dragon force that cover of that song because i think maybe like early to mid 2000s when mtv was still playing music basically they had a cover band uh i think it was like some kind of competition but it was a lot of metal bands playing covers of pop songs <laughs> so there's like a cover band a cover a metal band that did a cover of like Britney Spears hit me baby one more time and it was just a bunch of, sh- of songs like that and I remember watching it and thinking like dude this is so ridiculous but it's fun and it's funny I don't know but listening to that song made me think of that like have you ever heard those albums of pop goes punk or punk goes pop I've, I've heard of them but I've never actually listened yeah it was like uh, gym class heroes covered under the bridge okay Red Hot Chili Peppers and it's not punk but Either of those bands, but either way, it was a really dope cover. Uh, fuck, what was one, one of the most unique ones I've heard was, um, I think it's Loud Rocks, where it was hip, rock bands covering hip-hop songs. Loud Rocks is the name of the album? Yeah. Okay. The compilation. Uh, to me, the standout track was Seven Dust covering Going Back to Cali. Oh yes, I have heard that song. Oh my god! I'm oh going, god. going back, back to Cali. Cali. Yeah, I remember Dude, that. They fucking destroyed that cover. I like that song. Uh, Static X did um, hip hop with Dead Prez. And then, if you always think about uh, the Life Is Peachy album, Corn doing uh, Wicked, the Ice T song. Oh, Ice Cube. Ice Cube. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought it was Ice T. No, it's Ice Cube. Oh, no shit. They gotta shit. put Ice Cubes in there. You can make it cold. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know who did the vocals on that? Uh, I thought it was uh, Chino, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah. All the rapping part of it was Chino Moreno. Yeah. Fucking do that. I didn't know that dude can rhyme like that. Yeah. I mean, that's the first time I found out that he could was on that song. I was like, holy shit. And he never did it again. Never did it again. <laughs> Ever. He's like, fuck it. I don't, want, I don't want. At least I don't think I ever heard him rapping. Uh, no, not really. He never wanted to take the chance that like it would come out sounding shitty. Or on that corny, song, right? Yeah, <laughs> on that song, I think it sounds dope. Um, but yeah, it's kind of what we started off with. <clears throat> you played Depeche Mode for me, right? And yeah, that's uh, on peace. Right, awesome song, and it's not a cover, but you said something interesting because I was having a similar conversation earlier. Where uh, depending on what like your mood is, you might you might listen to music that will help you kind of like deal with whatever the emotion or the mood is at the time, Correct. right? And 
if you're if you're pissed off, you're gonna listen to metal, even though you might listen to metal anyways for any other reason, just because you want to hear something. And same thing, like if you're feeling kind of shitty, you'll listen to something like uh, softer, more melodic. Um, I I don't know, like I I think I do the same thing, and I don't know if that's necessarily to like deal with whatever emotion it is that you're dealing with head on instead of kind of like suppressing it. I mean, is that why you do it? That's exactly why I do it. Cause there's the only way to deal with it is head on, like, or the only healthy way. Yeah, is to, to actually confront with, yeah, it. Is to confront it. Now, right. sometimes that confrontation can be a little more aggressive, or a little more laid back. Like, okay, I'm gonna need to process this as soon as possible, because it's not gonna help. First, it's not gonna help myself. Right. Self care before before you start fucking trying to take care of anybody else. You gotta. Yeah, like psychologically like fucking yourself. right. So that song in particular was it was kind of a dual meaning. Like when I was going through through like shit of having to deal with my father's death later, way later on, because that shit hit me immediately. Like you didn't process it immediately. I, oh, at all. It took me years before. Like, it hit me. I'm like, dude, I can no longer go to this person for advice. I can no longer go to this dude and just crack a joke. Even though we weren't like, oh, I'm going to go visit him two, three times a week or go see him once a month. It it was not like that. At least not later on. The later on it got through. You know, because I was getting (coughs) older and wanted to enjoy the fruits of my labor working for the, you know, for the company and getting the kind of money I was getting. I'm just going to fucking ball out, just drink, smoke, do whatever I want. And I wasn't looking out for the fact that this dude was dying. And in about 14 months, I had, or give or take a few months, lost my either grandmother, my father, and my older brother. So that was all that shit. And then it hit me years ago. I heard that song way later. It was made like six years after all that. And like all that shit hit me like a like a truck, and ever since then I noticed that. That was kind of like the aha moment when I noticed that I can deal with. Those emotions I have to deal with it right then and there, because when it, it hits me later, not only was I not ready for it. Um. It's gonna affect. Others around me, as opposed to just myself. Okay. Like, it Would, becomes too much to be contained in one body to be acting healthily or, or to tener rencor or to have that that bitterness or, or being angry at whatever situation might be happening with people around you. So, so would you say, like, listening to the music kind of, like, makes you more aware of what it is that you're dealing with? Yeah. Or you just, you specifically use it as, like, a form of therapy to help you deal with whatever it is that you're it's doing. almost a way of somebody holding your hand as you're riding a bike and then they finally let go the, from the moment they let go of your hand that you're riding that bike by yourself that's when when you have no other choice but to ride that fucking bike or you're gonna bust your ass right so that's what the song does or not only that song in particular but whenever I'm feeling in a particular mood either anger or or happiness like when I fucking like a cucumber just fucking chilling or I just put on radio yeah I do the same thing like I can't listen yeah. to radio I'm pissed off I'm gonna listen to right, some it just radio doesn't, like no cause it doesn't feel right no I don't wanna smoke herb <laughs> when I'm pissed yeah 
it's funny i'm asking you because you bring it up and i basically do the same thing like if i'm pissed off i'll listen to metal even if i'm even even though otherwise i would just listen to it just because i'm in the mood to listen to it or whatnot <clears throat> and likewise you know whatever other mood i'm kind of in i'll veer towards whatever kind of music kind of gets you in that groove or allows you to deal with whatever it is that you're dealing with i've i've actually like recently haven't have had a similar conversation with people where they've told me that if they're feeling a certain way whether it's like depression or just kind of feeling like somber or whatnot they'll veer away from music that kind of puts you in that 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 vibe or whatnot because they for them it it for them it feels almost counterproductive like it doesn't help them deal with it it just helps them like kind of i don't know like i guess amplify whatever feeling it is that you're feeling but it, it's weird like i i kind of feel the same way it almost feels like i if i do listen to any kind of particular music that that kind of puts you in that groove then i'll i'll deal with it a lot quicker and I don't know, I'll be able to find whatever kind of resolve within myself to, to move past whatever it is I'm, you know, I'm feeling in the moment. But yeah, I've spoken to a lot of people who are the complete opposite, and they're afraid that if they if they do that, they're almost, I don't know if amplifying it is, is the word I'm looking for, or like, uh, I don't know, almost like if they're, if they're depressed and they listen to something like Depeche Mode, like maybe it'll make them wallow in their self-pity a, a little bit more, you know? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like... And it's not, every, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's experience is different. Whatever right. happens to you could happen to somebody else, and it could greatly vary the results. Yeah. we, Monty and I used to listen to a lot of Elliot Smith, and, like, in retrospect, like, uh, that's not something now where if I'm feeling sad, I feel like I should be listening to. It almost feels like I need to stay away from something like that. Whereas something like uh, like the song "Peace" from Depeche Mode seems seems a lot more therapeutic than stuff I would have listened to from Elliot Smith. But maybe for somebody else, it's the complete opposite. You know, maybe maybe doing the 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 that that opposite will uh, will kind of have like like the reverse effect. You know, I don't know. Yeah, like in, there's moments where I mean everybody's human. You're gonna you're gonna go through moments where you feel depressed for like a week or two. Like you don't know. Yeah how it comes I mean the best part is to prepare yourself I mean from I guess being working at that music store and having that experience with music I've always like okay this I'm gonna catalog this over here so I know when I got to and I feel like this moment I have this set of artists that I can go through like when it's rainy and kind of gloomy out you know I listen to trip hop I would fucking dust dust quote unquote dust off the Massive Attack record and like the Portishead <laughs> and that kind of shit. Yeah, that feels perfect for you that know. Kind it's of like setting. just crack the windows open. Don't even put open the the blinds or nothing. Just crack the windows open. So you hear the sound of the rain. And then fucking put that shit on. <laughs> yeah, open jazz. Open a bottle of wine. <laughs> well, you basically you, well you can listen to jazz when it's raining too. Yeah. But I can listen to that shit like oh I'm I woke up today feeling good I'm gonna go listen to Portishead. Right. Like that's. Well, here's the thing. If you are, will that switch your mood or it just doesn't feel right to listen to it? It's like so putting, it it's off. almost like putting a square peg in a round hole. Like it just doesn't, I mean, you're still playing with your toys, but you're not, it's like, it's just not, something don't click right. Right. But that's me. Yeah. Everybody's different. 
<laughs> I kind of do the same thing. I kind of do the same thing. Like if if it was if I was in that kind t- kind of setting, I would I would feel to myself like, oh, this just doesn't feel like it's what should be played right now, yeah. or I should be listening exactly. to right now. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Well, Even human behavior. Yeah. <laughs> and those songs help you inoculate your fear. <laughs> Bring it back full circle. Full Taking episode, it back guys. full circle. <laughs> To, the, yeah, man, to the first and like the fourth or fifth or whatever it was. Oh, that shit's gonna keep coming back. So yeah. you motherfuckers don't like it. It's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be uh, yeah. like a a cyclical or whatnot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a reoccurring character. <laughs> it's gonna be the elephant in the room <clears throat> all the time. Excuse me. Um, other than that, I uh, I pulled. I started with album art, right? All right. So I don't know if you do. You remember Phil Hartman? Okay, did Troy you Ma- Troy McClure? Troy McClure from from Simpsons. Okay, you remember when he died? It was like late eighties, late nineties. I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. Do you remember how he died? Then his uh, wife. His wife yeah. shot him. Yeah. Right. So, what I didn't know was that before he got into like acting, he he did artwork and he did uh, album cover work. Oh shit! Did yes. Not know that. Yes, so I found a couple of uh, the album covers. I've seen some of them already, but some of the, the other ones I haven't seen. They're very simplistic. So this is an album cover that he Steely did Dan. for Steely Dan for the album called Aha. Uh-huh. It looks like, I don't know, I I was looking at the, basically the album cover for anybody who's, who's listening. It's completely black, and there's a lady's face, like the profile of her face, but most of it's blacked out. It almost looks like, like a horror movie kind of face but all you can really see is like the nose and the mouth everything else is blacked out you can't see anything but it looks like like the ring or something like that exactly and then there's a there's a red and white stripe just moving down the center of the album it almost looks like this is supposed to be like a piece of fabric that she's wearing or something or like clothing but it looks creepy as hell right i don't know if that has anything if that's some kind of insight into the kind of person he was, but a lot of his album work, like his album covers that he did, were very simple. It'd just be like a blank album, and then he'd he'd do like a couple of images on the front. Why you gotta be a hurt? Why you, why you gotta be so fucking binary? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. I could yeah, be yeah, wrong. Yeah. No, but it does have a feminine air to to the image. Uh, when I first looked at it, I just thought it was because yeah, I don't know. Like the striping looks like it should be part of her clothing. And if it was, it doesn't look anything like clothing. Clothing. It just looks like oddly placed stripes on the album. But if you're if you're wondering what it is, it's a Steely Dan album. It literally says Steely Dan in like the most basic font you can think of, and then it says Times New Roman. Times New Roman. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there one just called Regular? I think there's one just. I could be yeah, wrong. Not bold. Or yeah. That, that. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, there's another one. I couldn't find it, right? But it was... Uh, now, do you want to go back and forth, or do you want to list your set? Uh, we can do it however you want to do it. I have a bunch already set aside, and I can just show them to you, or, um, or you know, however you want to do it. Because like, I just picked, um, not necessarily a top five. Okay. Some of them are my favorite album covers, some just okay. stick out. Okay. And it's not necessarily in order. So if we, uh, what are your categories? Because I picked three. <clears throat> I mostly did album covers and I did video game artwork. And then um, 
I did a couple of comic books. Nothing crazy. I probably did more video game cover art than anything. Mostly because of, you know, video games is kind of my thing. And before the early 80s, cover art for video games was so important because it was they were it was so basic during that era that the album cover work sorry not the album cover work but the cover art for these video games had to be so fucking elaborate and crazy looking to entice anybody who didn't know shit i mean there was no internet so you had to entice somebody purely on on artwork to buy your shit i mean a lot of a lot of uh records that were sold like vinyl that was sold back in the day i'm sure was 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 very similar because if you didn't hear shit on the radio or word of mouth from somebody else who heard some shit on the radio then how the fuck else would you learn about a new band unless you saw them live or some shit by chance you know so i know there's a lot of people who used to buy vinyl based off of the album work like maybe you came across something that just looks so fucking spectacular that you're like oh i'm gonna take a chance on it i'm gonna buy this album and then it could be complete horse shit which i've done And the same, the same basically applies for a lot of these video games. Like these can be complete horseshit, but the artwork looks so cool, and that it was vital for like selling games back then. And uh, other than that, I just picked some of my favorite albums, which is kind of, you know, yeah. it's kind of self-evident. There's, I mean, in a in a game room. Yeah, in a game room, and I have most of the, the most of the. Himself. <laughs> yeah. Most of the artwork I have in my in my room is all like video game related, except for one or two things that are also comic books. And there's a David Bowie poster for the album Low, which is my favorite David Bowie album. And uh, simple cover, the background looks like some fucking blood red, orange like death sky, and he's wearing some fucking like some some cultist. <laughs> it's like some cult leader's cloak like some kind of duster coat or yes dude with the fucking high high collar comes right under his fucking ears he looks like he he belongs in the movie dark city like no shit if you haven't seen that movie oh i fucking love it i love that movie alex proyas yes dude that shit is so good but he looks like he fits right into that movie but yeah, this this uh, album cover is probably one of my favorite ones. It's it's super simplistic. You could always point to other shit that's got a little bit more going on. Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust is one that I looked at. It's another David Bowie album, very popular, and uh, it's, it looks like an oil painting or or like a hand drawn piece of him sitting outside of a storefront. And then you see kind of like a what could be a London city street. I don't know if it's London for sure or something else. It might not be either. It might just be like some randomly, you know, created scene for to place uh, Bowie in. But for whatever reason, like Low always stood out for me. Uh, and the cover for for Heathen, where he basically looks like he's blind on the cover. Yeah, where his eyes are whited out. Yeah, his eyes are whited out. I always thought that shit looked cool as fuck. I mean, these are like very simple album cover covers. A lot of his are, you know, they're not they're not crazy, but I guess that. Also, he didn't necessarily need to convince people to buy his albums. He, he could just do whatever the fuck he wanted. Yeah, that shit could just say black cover, white words. Yeah, David he could have picked. He could have picked a solid color for every single album cover. <laughs> but speaking of low, did you know that that was supposed? Um, he had originally recorded it to be the soundtrack to the man who fell to earth. 
That I didn't know. And that's where that picture comes from. No shit. But the director did not. He wanted more of a folky sound. Huh. Bob Dylan or some shit. Yeah, man. And I, get, I fucking love that low album. That so shit's so good. Especially those um, ambient uh, instrumental I tracks. I love that shit. That album is an album that I'll put on when I'm kind of like the transitionary period between awake and, and wanting to go to sleep. And it's an album I've gone to bed to, but not something that I put so low. Oh. oh I <laughs> as, see what you did there. <laughs> that was not, cute. not something I put so low as to not be able to hear it, but just just enough so that I, I do hear it and I can listen to the entire album. But yeah, I, I love that work. It, it's cool as fuck. Yeah, and that's a, a badass movie. You ever seen... You're, you've seen uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth? Uh, is, that the, is that the movie that he was in? Yes. No, I haven't watched it. It's pretty badass. I, yeah. Well, from memory, I have not seen that shit in years. Yeah, it might not have so aged So I have as well. no idea if that shit holds up. Like I'll, Spawn. Spawn <clears throat> does not fucking hold up. Uh, that's why I won't go back and watch it. I'll just listen I'll to it. I'll watch it. So, or do you, you don't want to disillusion and disintegrate your memory? I just, I, I remember enjoying it. I think if anything is still like easy to watch of it is probably John Leguizamo being a silly yeah. fucking violator. I don't I don't know. Like I it it probably hasn't aged well. You're trying to take a cue from uh Bill Pullman in Lost Highway when he's like I'd rather remember things the way I remember them, not necessarily the way How they, they are. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I I remember loving the soundtrack. I still do. I remember enjoying the movie. You know, but I I don't know if I want to go back to it. Nah, man. If you want to keep that memory alive and that little nugget, yeah, it belongs of untainted in, youth. Yeah, it belongs like keep, in. Keep fucking, was it ninety seven or some shit? It came out. It belongs back there. Yeah, we were still in high school. At least yeah. I was. Yeah. Old fart. Uh, I I do remember enjoying the HBO miniseries Spawn Mary miniseries more than uh more than the movie itself. But I did listen to the shit out of that album. That's for sure. <laughs> fucking big Todd. Yeah. Big Toddy. Oh, that's a fart. It's Spawn. Spawny. Spawn. Spawny, Spawny. He's our man. <laughs> oh, that fucking movie. I know, dude. Oh, that's uh, every time somebody farts, an angel gets his wings. And may, he's like, oh, twins. <laughs> maybe we should watch it. I would just say. Oh, my God. No, maybe we should just say, fucking and watch it. Oh, we should. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That movie's terrible. What it does he? not hold up. But Michael J. White killed that shit. Yeah. But he was good. Ah, he'd make a perfect... I mean, the, the Mahasha Ali as Blade is, is dope. Yeah. But if there was anybody else... Michael J. White yeah. is more physically suited for the role, I think. He's a fucking martial artist. He kicks ass, you know. Jack! Yes, he is. That's almost like getting a uh, Hugh Jackman for Wolverine. Like, yeah. A lot mad short. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? I think Mahershala Ali's hot right now. He's been putting out a lot, a lot, of, a lot of stuff. He's been in a shit ton of movies over the last two years. He's been in a bunch of series, you know. So he's 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 more of a draw, easily more of a draw right now than Michael Jai White. Yeah. He's good, man. He's he's a good actor. Did you watch uh, Alito Battle Angel? No, I did not. He's in it. It's not a massive role, but he's in it, and he, he does good, you know. 
uh, it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. Even if you're not into, like, the anime, which, you know, I am. That's that's an anime that I was into in, like, the late 90s. And uh, it's I, I like it. There's some people who shit on it. You got to watch it and see what you think about it on your yeah, own. I'm, I know I'm going to like it because that trash-ass Ghost in the Shell movie was not good. Yeah, this is way better. But I fucking enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, Suicide Squad, terrible movie, enjoyed it. This is much better... A, a much better adaptation from like right, right. comic to uh, to movie and Maharshala Ali's in it All, like I said not a huge part but he's in it enough to where you can you can kind of like get a good feel for get it get a good the, exactly his chops yeah it's good um, other than that like I said I got a bunch of of uh, video games mostly all around the same era uh, in particular there's a company that I had never heard of called uh Cygnosis, right this is their logo so you get an idea for it very fucking heavy metal <laughs> chromed, out, chromed out with a fucking owl on that bitch looking like it's ready to fucking attack Yo, that shit was dope as fuck for a quarter owl <laughs> it, hey it it, it kind of does there's a bunch of video games i've seen that use this kind of like font where the letters look all chromed out and like they'll fucking slice your arms off and like, shit <laughs> Uber 80s. Yeah. That shit's literally when the, from 80 to 89. Like right in the middle, that's what, that shit looks exactly like. It's, it's basically like late 70s, early 80s. <clears throat> this quantify the 80s, it would look like that. Yeah. <laughs> this is 80s personified. Uh, basically, this company developed a bunch of games for uh, 8 and 16-bit home, home PCs during that era, right? And a lot of these games were probably terrible. And, you know, it's possible some of them were pretty good, some of them weren't. But I just grabbed a couple of, of uh, album covers from them. This is a game called Aminos. The artist's name is Tim White. It looks like a fucking... <laughs> that looks like the skeleton of Falcor. <laughs> it's like Falcor skeleton in metal with wings on that shit. And the tail end of it looks like a fucking F-15 or an F-14 fighter jet. All chromed out. I don't fucking get it, dude, but it looks cool as fuck. (laughs) It also looks like heavy heavy metal. It it looks very much like heavy metal. Same kind of fucking aesthetic, dude, seriously. Uh, Amnios is the game. I have no fucking idea what it's about, but a lot of these album uh, covers, you can't really tell too much what's going on. This was just like a regular Atari 2600 game. Mostly Atari 2600 or any Atari era games had like this bold, solid color on the outside and some ridiculous ass shit going on that looked nothing like what's going on in the actual game. Why does she look like Han Solo and those two sons? That's probably it's probably what they're going for to try to get people to buy it. It's literally called the Basic Programming Video Computer System Game Program. That's the entire... That's a fucking mouthful. God damn, that sounds like the name of a Japanese game. Like, with all these weird extra... Yeah, titles like and fucking... Shit, like words and surnames <laughs> and parentheses, part two point this. Yeah, there's a bunch of them, dude. And the, the title's like ten names long. And that's not even a, an exaggeration. And this is some kind of special edition. I don't know. Like, it looks, it looks like somebody's traveling through time on the fucking... Uh, on the cover of this game. Like with planets in the in the foreground, I don't know. I'm sure it's nothing like this shit. But the album cover looks different. This is one called Blood Money. The artist is Peter Andrew Jones. This looks like an early variation of like Predator. 
Like, if you put Predator in, like, the 70s kind of aesthetic with, like, this fucking, uh, the fucking ray gun. The ray gun has wings and shit. But a lot of these album covers are, are very much like this. This is a game called Captain Fizz Meets the Blastertrons. I mean, look at this shit. You mean I, game covers. What? You said album covers. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Game covers, game covers. Yeah, get it right. My bad, my bad. Don't write us in again. Don't, don't write us. <laughs> this, uh, Captain Fizz meets the Blastertrons. It looks, it looks kind of like Dune. Say Captain Jizz? Captain Fizz. Oh, <laughs> I may have said Captain Jizz. <laughs> meets the Blastertrons. <laughs> Captain Jizz meets the Blastertrons. <laughs> I'm not sure if this name on the bottom is a publisher, but it says Cyclops. Like Cy, like Psycho. The Cyclops. That's gotta be a hybrid of words. Some perversion. This one's called Chrono Quest. No idea what the fuck it's about, but it's a fucking metallic bird. Quest about time. I it would have to be. I don't know. But pretty all of these album covers. Sorry, these game covers look look dope as fuck. But they all have that, that kind of 70s feel to it. Deep Space. This is probably like some kind of space shooters, like a Space Invader type of game. Because they couldn't call it Lost in Space. Right? right. I mean, especially during that era, once Space Invaders came out, that shit was so popular. Everybody Obliterator. Was Obliterator. It looks... I don't know. Even the names. Well, look at this shit. It looks... It almost looks like a Xenomorph, but made completely out of metal. With like a blue fucking beetle on the back of it. Damn, See, it's like a. Awesome as fuck. It does, dude. It looks very Giger-esque. Yeah, yeah. You're right, especially the background, like the fucking vertebrae of like the caves or whatever the fuck that is. Like, a, like almost like one of those Nautilus. Uh, a Nautilus show, like super, right? Super big. Orc. Uh. Orc. It looks like a fucking dinosaur, but like if he's been chewing bubblegum or some shit. It doesn't have any. It looks like Neo when he's trying to talk, when he's being held down. Yeah. His mouth, he's got a little. They seal the mouth off, and you see like the fucking skin attaching to itself. But it looks like a fossilized dinosaur with. With multiple. Like, how are you able to speak if you have no. Yeah. It does look fossilized, though. And look, it's showing kind of like a ship in the foreground to give you kind of like an idea of scale. It's massive. Fucking massive. No idea what the game is about. This is a game for the Commodore Amiga. Another one of these fucking expensive-ass personal computers. Um, Braticus. Did I say that right? Bratakas. By Roger Dean. Bratakas. (laughs) Then why you gotta say it like that? Bratakas. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like that's how it needs to be pronounced. Uh, kind of like the same shit. This dude looks like it. It looks like it could be out of Star Wars almost. I don't know. He's got like a sword. He's got a fucking uh, like a blaster rifle. All these are cool as fuck. They really do. And it's almost like it was a fucking one hundred percent necessity to make all this artwork look as interesting and and as cool and and unique as it possibly could, just to entice somebody to buy some of this shit. I don't know how you would. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how you would hope for any of these things to have survived or to have flourished during that that decade, without making your 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 cover art look amazing. I don't know. Uh, this game is called Infestation. It's it's literally like a robot wasp or some shit or locust. 
Bilbo Wasp. Yeah. Uh, this is called Strix. The robot on the front looks like um, the Lost in Space robot. Yeah, exactly. Lost in Space, and the other one is uh, what's the one that people Doctor Who? There's there's similar looking kind of robots, but it's it's more like the Lost in Space one. Some fucking dude with like a a pseudo Star Trek symbol on his back shooting at it. Uh, terap- terapods. This shit looks fucking creepy as fuck. Looked like a, like a fucking, like a T-Rex arm or something. Is that what that? Where right here in the front? Yeah. It lo- yeah. I don't know if it's part of the same thing. It looked like it, it looks like it could be. It's weird, man. It looks like, it's like a, a giant mosquito so weird, with like man. some kind of fucking, uh, like Lovecraftian tentacles coming Lovecraftian. out of its face. I love using that. Bro, what kind of fucking glory hole would you pull I, I, <laughs> I've never been able to use that in a sentence. This is the first time. Well, I'm, I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> hey, don't toot your own horn. Do that, I, I can't help it. But yeah, it's it, it looks like a giant fucking mosquito head or, or something similar to it. It's got fucking a bunch of cables going into like the base of its, of its skull. And uh, it has kind of like some T-Rex robotic looking arms. And it's got these fucking tentacles coming out of it that look like uh, like Cthulhu. I don't know. They look like cool as fuck. into the Matrix or something? Yeah, exactly. It looks cool as fuck. These, all these games might be absolute garbage. but Oh, I can almost guarantee you. That's the thing. <laughs> you would never know by the looks of the album covers. I mean, the, the, the artwork on these games. Because they just look. They look so fucking ela- elaborate and 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 cool i don't know but it was during that era it was a fucking necessity for your shit to look as cool as humanly possible because your game if it wasn't ass it just looked super basic and you have to you have to have a vivid imagination to get any enjoyment out of games back then and you know maybe that's the difference between then and now but i don't know I, i really dig that that era of of artwork Specifically, like sci-fi artwork, because it looks so bizarre, and they, you know, they had their own ideas about what, quote unquote, the future would look like at this time. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's like growing up in the '80s, you were always obsessed with the future. You always wanted to see what the year 2000 was going to be like, and then once we crossed into 2000, we became obsessed with the fucking '80s. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, look at look at our our. Oh, at least both of us. Our particular favorite style of of um, of artwork that we enjoy is some of the the cyberpunk looking stuff that looks future retro, like Miami vaporwave. Yeah, the vaporwave, the neon colors, the oh pinks and the God, purples bro, and like the aqua hues. Oh, yeah, I love that aesthetic. It looks it looks really good. Have you ever played a uh, Hotline Miami? I tried to. Not really your thing. Um, the there's soundtrack. some there's some reason like pixelized stuff now doesn't really get either, you. I'm, <clears throat> I'm either spoiled by good graphics, yeah, and just visually alone, like I can't, I just can't get past I, it. I will say the score, like this, the music to the game or for the game rather helps a lot. I don't have an issue like overlooking like graphics. You know what I mean? I don't mind whatever era they're trying to, like, you know, uh, invoke or whatever when they're choosing, like, a specific graphical style. But 
if it plays good and the music is dope, I can really like kind of like sink my teeth into it. Hotline Miami is so good, and I think it's a game. That yeah, the gameplay is fun, but the music really fucking helps because the music kind of plays out throughout the entire game like you're the psyche of of the main character like the main character is losing his fucking mind throughout the entire game i don't know if you know that or not no not, no i don't know shit about that game okay the, the main i mean all I you're doing destiny for five years i don't know what the fuck really okay is going on. <laughs> i mean not to go into it because i don't really know the entire story but basically you're a hitman Every every single stage, you've got like a different mask on, of an animal or a fucking president or some shit. It's always bizarre. All you're doing is going through the game and murdering the shit out of people. But it's fun, and the music, the music just kind of has that that um, that synth wavy kind of vibe to it. But it always kind of like breaks down in ways where you feel like it's it's kind of like keeping the pace of this fucking mental breakdown that the main character's having. And throughout the entire game, the dude's losing his fucking mind. So it's always an unsettling... It's very thing. unsettling. Sometimes... Like, would you say it's like dissonant sounds where... Uh, like you've never heard chords? Like yes. To, to me, Tool, no matter how... How, uh... I don't know, the sounds and the particular melodies they're playing, their music always sounds dissonant to me. In it between... It always sounds like, like something's getting spun... Just a little bit backwards. Right. Something in between, uh, in between stages, there will be moments where it's exactly like that, and it's giving you a little tiny piece of story. A lot of that shit. In between, in between stages, it gives you a little tiny bit of story, just so you kind of know what the fuck's going on. And it gives you a lot of that, and you start kind of feeling unsettled, and like your 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 main character, the character that you're driving or whatnot, is is losing his shit. And it, it becomes abundantly clear that that's exactly what's going on until you just completely lose it. Um, but yeah, it kind of helps you get into that that feeling or that vibe. But yeah, the soundtrack for that fucking game is amazing, and it's super fucking expensive now because I've tried buying it. I mean, I just listened to it on Google Play, but I've tried buying it or looking to see how much A it physical costs. Copy? Physical copy of the vinyl is expensive as holy fuck. Hotline Miami. Now, would you need a physical copy? I don't. I have access to it. That's the thing. That's why I say I don't really need it. You need, but you need it. Right? I would. Like I your, would like it. Like your soul would be complete if you get it. Actually, this isn't too much now. It's gone down in price. Because huh. I heard you talking shit. I guess time. so, dog. <laughs> I guess so. Vinyl LP oh, collection. Oh, this isn't it. This is something else. Uh, let me see. So I ain't spending more than thirty dollars for a vinyl. I don't want to either. That's the thing. I I'll really spend don't. more than that for. This is fifty bucks Maybe, sold down. Uh, That's a second present. Okay. Like lateralis on vinyl, I'll spend whatever. Right. To get it, or if Manson were to release an official, like new remastered Antichrist Superstar on vinyl, oh, I'll I'll take out a loan if I got to. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. File for government assistance to help pay for. Damn, that cover art is dope as shit. It's all dope, man. It's all it's all cool as fuck. And how's part two compared to the one? It's the same shit. It, you know, after you play one, it maybe doesn't have the same impact that playing two does. But it's uh, it's good. It's just, you know, it's more of it's more of the same. It's not gonna blow you away. 
Mm, it's not coming up for some reason. Interesting. Is DK trying to suggest you buy that Dirty Dancing soundtrack? I, I hope it's not, because I sure as fuck am not going to do that. Yeah, that's a horrible movie. Okay. Currently unavailable. Son of a bitch. Collector's Edition vinyl. Let me search by it by its full name. <laughs> oh, its full it's garment name? Fucking Sabingo. Is that the Sapingo of the Week? I, I guess so. Sapingo of the Week is uh, is Google. Uh, Yeah, I don't know, man. I could have sworn. I've looked for it before, and it's always been extremely expensive, which is ridiculous. Now I can't seem to find it, which could be worse because it could just mean nobody wants to sell their copies. It could very well be that. Yeah, it's got to sound amazing on vinyl. <sighs> it's dope, man. Uh, it's a dope album. It's on Google. Oh, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. So what, what do you got? What do I got? Um, Evil Empire by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Dude, I, I would that. never, ever forget the first time I seen that shit. I'm like, what the fuck? What's this? <laughs> I always thought it was a little kid in like a superhero getup or like a hockey jersey. Nice. It's supposed to be like the all-American dude on the cover of of what Rage like Against a... the Machine's album, The Evil Empire. Yeah, I know, know? but when, I mean, when I first saw it, I always thought I was like, "Oh, some kid in like a hockey, a hockey jersey." <clears throat> I mean, I wasn't, and I still to this day am not entirely informed in politics. I'm not entirely ignorant either, but I'm not, you know, ignorant to it. Yeah. Even growing up. Like, I, I saw that, and I was like, that ha- that's something political to it. Without, I haven't listened to Rage Against the Machine yet. I had not, I got into them late. You know, got into fucking Manson and Sweet Dreams, and then hip-hop, growing up. Manson, Sweet Dreams, and then it's like, Sweet Dreams, Corn, fucking Deftones. It was like, it's just a fucking everything, all of them. All within like two, three years. But man, that image always made me almost question the system. Just like it's, it makes me want to fucking pay attention and see what the fuck. Why would a band choose this image of almost like a propaganda okay. style artwork to me? It's them like they're and, trying uh, to tell you something, not sell you something. Them and System always seem to be more politically charged than any other bands that I listen to. Dude, even their first album. Oh, uh, uh, this. Dude, Rage Against the Machine in particular. Yeah. Their first album had the the cover of the monk that set himself on fire in a protest. Wasn't that the Dalai? No, not the no. Dalai Lama. Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's that very iconic image of him yeah. just sitting there. Oh, when on I bought fire. The, the vinyl set when they uh, they had released a I don't know how many year anniversary of the release of the self titled. Mm-hmm. The image is actually bigger. Like, what you see on the cover is not the full picture. Like, it's a, it shows a whole car that he's sitting in front of. That's that's what I remember, him in front of a, a car. Yeah, man, it's an amazing album. But dude, it spawned one of the, one of my favorite songs, The Bulls on Parade. Dude, I shred that shit perfect in Guitar Hero. I think we've spoken about that before. Because what about Rage in particular? Rage or? in particular, maybe even Bulls on Parade, because I do remember sitting in front of the TV as a kid in high school, and that song, the video for that song coming like, on. That's the full image. Yeah, I remember that. 
but I remember the video for that song coming on on TV, on like MTV or some shit, and uh, just thinking to myself like, what the fuck is this? I had never heard anything like it. And then, buddy, I know a lot of people don't like this band. Honestly, I don't really give a shit. Like, I just remember hearing them for the first time and being like, I've never heard anything like this. What, Rage? Yeah. It just sounded so fucking cool. Yeah, what drew me in automatically was the rapping. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that guy's fucking rhyming. The rapping and Tom Morello's, like, manipulating the guitar in the way he does. I know some people don't like how, how his style was, but it sounded different than anything else I had been listening to. And he's fucking scratching... Yeah, the guitar. shit sounded like, like, like a fucking DJ scratching on his guitar. Right. And when he does it live, it's even more hypnotic. I liked it. I remember just being blown away. Like, what the fuck <clears throat> is this that I'm watching, that I'm listening to? And going to see them in concert for that album was one of the most memorable um, concert experiences in particular in West Palm. Because it was my first time going to that venue. First time. Is it Coral Sky or yeah, it was yeah. actually called Coral Sky. Oh, well, it's called Coral Sky again. But it had gone through like oh, switches and management or something. Mars shit. Music Amphitheater. Oh, okay, I remember that. Uh, Such a stupid name. The Cruisin Amphitheater. <laughs> the Cruisin Amphitheater. Yeah, the Cruisin, uh, the alcohol brand. Okay. The liquor brand. Dude, that that tour was Atari Teenage Riot and Wu Tang Clan opening up. That's the tour that Wu-Tang didn't finish? That was... At our particular gig was the last time all nine members were on stage. Oh. So what, yeah. after that, some of them left the tour? Some of them stayed yeah, on? Yeah, some would just kind of show up, some not. Like, years later, I went to go see Method Man, and one of the opening acts was... It was Inspector Deck doing his own solo set. And then okay. it was Raekwon and... And Ghostface doing like a combined because they did so many tracks together that we just do their verses from each other's songs. Have you listened to Dex solo shit? I've listened to some Dude, of it. The Uncontrolled Substance, his first solo album. I didn't listen to it often, but that's one of the most underrated solo albums. Yeah, Dude, that guy can fucking rhyme. He the can Rebel rhyme IS, like a bad ass. I would even go so far as to say he might be the most lyrically talented one in the group. Yeah, dude, that Rage album and that tour with Wu-Tang was pretty fucking, man. Yo, that place was hype as fuck. That was one of my first experiences where the crowd was so mixed. Where people were there for Wu-Tang. You could tell there was certain, like, part of that crowd was there just to watch Wu-Tang. But stuck around and saw Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. And people that were there to watch Rage Against the Machine were there early enough to see Rage. Didn't they also do a tour with System of a Down? Who, Rage Against the Machine? No, Wu-Tang. They collaborated with them. I don't know why. I could have sworn there was a show. In that Loud Rocks album that I I referenced earlier where Seven Dust had done Going Back to Cali? Right. System of a Down does Shame with... The rest of Wu-Tang and Surge does ODB's parts. No shit. Yeah, man. That shit's such a sick cover. Oh, I gotta hear that. I could have sworn I remember somebody going to a show like 99, 2000 and it was uh, System and Wu-Tang. But I don't know if it was just a couple of shows they put on or if they were... I would imagine they were touring. 
for whatever they, reason. They might have because they've they've collaborated a bit to the point where their bass player played a lot on the Afro Samurai. Okay. Uh, soundtrack. I did. I did. Uh, I did watch that Wu Tang documentary of Mike's and Men. I have not seen that. So Shame on me. It's huh. a. It's yeah. a. F- <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry guys. It's all right. I'm feeling a little corny lately. I'm not sorry. It's so a not sorry. It's a four parter. They're like an hour a piece, and in it they describe you know the ups and downs of Wu Tang as a whole from start to finish, and they talked about that tour being like their peak, how that tour is the best tour they've ever been on, but I could have sworn that they said at some point they um. They stopped touring, and it had it had a lot to do with like the financial stuff, like the money. They weren't getting paid what they uh, what they thought they were supposed to be getting paid, or something to that effect. But there was, it's all talked about in in of Mike's and Men. It's worth a watch. Uh, I would even argue it's more important as a Wu Tang fan or just a fan of hip hop to watch that over the more dramatized Wu Tang uh, series that's on Hulu. I'm not saying don't watch that. You know, yeah, just... I mean, I've seen a few episodes of that, and it's cool, but it's dramatized. Like it's not actual video. Yeah, so like, I don't know if it's a symptom of getting used to uh, Netflix's whole give you everything immediately and watch it as at your leisure or whatever. But for me, it feels I've I've watched like the first five episodes, and there's been like two or three since then, and because of the pacing of it. Every time an episode would end, I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm, I feel like I wasn't given enough, you know, so I, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to tell a, bunch, a lot of story and they're trying to draw it out so that maybe they get they do a second season or whatnot. But it felt at some point I get I got tired of it. Whereas of Mike's and Men, it was four hour long episodes and, you know, they're going to condense the story a bit. Yeah. But they go through enough to where if you watch four hours of it. As opposed to you know an hour long episode of the dramatized show, you're 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 feeling like you're you're learning a lot more information right. about it, and it's, it's just and it's them, in of my men. It's not like the fucking the Hulu show where it's yeah. actors, Shaolin fantastic. Yeah, you see them actually. Raekwon. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen the Get Down? Um, I don't think so. I've I've heard of it because of him being in it. And I know he's in it, but I've I've never actually watched it. Dude, that's a bomb ass show. Too bad that shit was expensive as fuck. To it make. was a TV show. It wasn't a movie. It was a Netflix show. Oh, I don't know why. I I assumed it was a movie. Gus from Breaking Bad. Right. Plays uh like the main character is a dude that was in uh, Detective Pikachu. Okay. The main actor. He was in. In the Get Down, and. Gus from Breaking Bad plays the girl that he is kind of seeing her her, her father. father. The dude's a preacher. Okay. Or priest. Or whatever the fuck. He's a, a, a man of the cloth. A man of the cloth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a, yeah, man, it's a such vicar. a dope-ass acted show. And on there is kind of like a fantastical version of Grandmaster Flash. Or like what Grandmaster Flash is to hip-hop. Okay. Is a character called uh, Shaolin Fantastic. And it's him. And it's the the dude that plays Raekwon. Yeah. Shamik Moore. Of every actor who plays one of the Wu-Tang members on there, which one do you think is the most accurate and which one do you think is the least? I think 
I don't know who is the least because I think the one that is is the most accurate is so accurate that all the other ones might as well like it doesn't matter. And which one is that? ODB. Okay, yeah. For sure. For but sure. You know for sure. Why? It's not his son, right? Because I've seen him. Do you want to look up what that dude's I could have sworn. Is? I could have sworn I've seen his son on a uh, Tiny Music. Yeah, and it's not the same guy that's in the fucking. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Why am I? Uh, is it just called Wu Tang? Uh, yeah, here it is. Wu Tang and American Saga. Yeah. All right. The actor's name. Where is he? On. That's what he goes by. In the well, that's his his gov his government name. <laughs> his Christian name. Uh, why am I overlooking it? It should have been there already. No. They've got all these random ass side characters. Gary. Gary. There's an old chess player. Uh, prisoner. <laughs> yeah, but no old dirty bastard. Is it he not? He probably doesn't go by ODB at that point. What the fuck is his name, dude? Uh, what well, did? Look, what was his name again? Go towards the top of the list. Uh huh. And the dude's last name should be Jones. His actual last name is Jones. Yeah. Holy shit, dude! How many fucking names do I gotta go through? Here it is. Sullivan Jones? No. Yep. Wrong one. No. No, that's the fucking officer that lives in the building that everybody hates. What's his, do you remember his first name? I told you I'd be lying. <laughs> little, little dirty bastard, that's his fucking name. <laughs> Why the fuck is it not showing me, dude? I'm just gonna look up ODB in Wu-Tang Show. That's so much easier. The lazy Google search. An American Saga. Who plays ODB? Bobby Diggs, aka the Risen. What? No, wrong, wrong question. <laughs> wrong. Your other left. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> T.J. Adams. That's his name. What? It's not his son. Nah, son. His name is T.J. Adams. Yeah. I don't think that dude looks like sh shit. This guy? Like the RZA. Okay, here's the thing. If you look at a lot of pictures of RZA during that era, he's got like the same hairstyle, right? He's got the same general appearance. What was the name that he, he would go by during that? Uh, Prince Rakim. Prince Rakim, right. So he's got, I've seen, I've seen uh, like images and, and like early recordings of him during that era. I think in Of Mike's and Men, they even show some and he looks a lot like how the characters is, 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 uh, is basically styled in the show. But, you know, in the face, he obviously he doesn't. The guy who plays fucking Ghostface doesn't look anything like Ghostface to me. Hell no. And I, I don't know. If, <laughs> it's almost not even fair. Because who the fuck are you going to find to play Ghostface? You know? You get Ghostface. Old ass to play Ghostface? He's got to Ghostface. Like, you can play whoever. I don't know, dude. It looks like he tries to come across it, like, personality-wise, like, with the attitude. I, I don't even know if that's how he actually is or if he just comes across like that when he's when he's, when he's he's rapping and shit. 
Like I don't I don't know if Raekwon actually did shoot up. Yeah, that's the main thing I I question myself about because I'm like if okay spoiler warning if anybody hasn't seen the show this is a good possibility you haven't in the very first episode uh, the character who is Raekwon see this is where I don't know what how far to distinguish artistic liberties they took yes exactly is this just a character based off of Raekwon or these all characters based off of the members of Wu Tang. Or is this supposed to be like actual shit that happened to them, right? Because in the very beginning of the first episode, Raekwon's character shoots up fucking Ghostface Killer's house. He almost murders his two brothers who have like muscular dystrophy or some shit, so they're wheelchairs. And his mom is a drunk and she's passed out in the bed with a bottle of wine. He almost... Raekwon almost murders them with a fucking Tech 9. He just... He just opens up. Nine? No. <laughs> so I don't know. I saw that and I'm like, really? This shit happened? And they somehow found a way to get past all of this shit and make music together? I don't know. Damn, but did the RZA have that kind of pull? Was he was he that kind of the peacekeeper? Right. Right. I don't know. I, dude, I don't care how fucking diplomatic you are. If somebody shoots up my house. I'm shooting well, that that's for life. I know, Bro, dude. Like, I will not rest until you're six feet under. Like, if guaranteed. he's gonna, like, at some point they're gonna, they're gonna meet and they're gonna be like, "Look, it was all for business. Sorry, <laughs> bygones." Like, oh shit, my bad. Let's let bygones be bygones. Wrong apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> so I would say I would agree with you that uh, the kid who plays ODB is probably the one that looks and sounds the most like ODB. At he, least he always looks fazzy like that too. Yeah, I think the one that looks the least, I, I would argue, is the Ghostface character. There's other ones that I I think they're introducing the characters to us, or that they're introducing the members of Wu to us, but I'm not sure if they are or not, because they maybe don't look or seem to be as much like the those particular members as as how i perceive them to be i don't know but i'm kind of trying to correlate what's happening in the show with what i saw in of mics and men to kind of determine who's who oh shit i had no idea who the fuck was playing inspector deck it's a rapper called joey badass dude that guy is awesome yeah i know who it is but he's playing deck yes look Joey Badass as Inspector Deck. Okay, so Joey Badass is not the guy playing meth. That's no. what I thought. I thought it was the dude playing meth was Joey Badass. Because that guy right there looks like Method Man in the show. The one they call Shotgun. The dude they call Shotgun is Method Man. Yeah, it's Dave East. That's who I'm thinking about, Dave East. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know if they've introduced... Uh, deck in the show where i'm at anyways continuing which I think is like trend of casting rappers to play well rappers brooklyn born joey badass devastated in paper trails portrays inspected deck <clears throat> i saw one episode or maybe two episodes of season two of mr robot okay with him in it season two you said yes definitely then, I, then i've one. seen it because i've seen, seen season i've seen one and two Beyond that, I haven't seen anything. I've been you remember in season two, uh, the black dude that was with him, like his, like he was hanging out with yes. on the regular. That's the one that that's the gets that locked up in that. prison. I have. If he does, I. Oh, 
I don't. Oh. I didn't see enough. You didn't of finish two watching no. season two. Holy I didn't see shit. enough of season two to know if he gets locked up or not. Or, it's a or, it's a mind fuck. Or if he's an illusion or whatever. He, it's a mind fuck. I will say that. Spoiler alert for season one. It's a fucking yo, that shit was like five years yeah, ago. Yeah, fuck that shit. If you get spoiled, you <laughs> you deserve it. Awesome show. Oh man. Awesome show. But yeah, I kind of called some of the shit at the like towards the end of it. I'm watching. I'm like, uh, that's an illusion. Yeah. Like, that's they not, do the. How like, how'd you how'd you know? That? They do the Joker thing a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they, they put they pulled the okey doke on us. Yeah, they did. But they did it. They did it well. They did it well. I really like that show. All right, so let's bring this uh, into my second entry because that was a long one. That was. Yeah, we went all over. Sorry, guys. Um, Mechanical Animals by Marilyn Manson. It's got to be one of my favorite album covers of all time. The androgynous kind of look that he has going on in the front. The very Aladdin Sane-esque imagery to the point where his eyeshadow uses the same colors that he has. Oh, does it really? Oh, I didn't realize that. But I was going to say, he's probably a big Bowie fan. I mean, that's the reason I got into Bowie. Was because of Manson? Because of this album. Oh. See? Like the blue in his eyeshadow? Yeah. Yeah, it does look a lot like it. Oh, I never noticed that before. <clears throat> I mean, there would be parts... Oh, that was my first Manson show, was to go see him tour for this. And there was a part when he would sing that song, The Speed of Pain. That he would he would come dressed out as, as Bowie does on the cover of Low, but he would have on a hat. like a Not like a baseball hat, like a... Like a brimmed hat? Yeah, like a brimmed hat. Like some Indiana Jones shit or something? And as he's singing that song, it's one of his slower pace songs. It would just be ringing either feathers or... I, I went know, back and uh, I went back and listened to Antichrist. But I was wondering... Because you told me I should listen to them, but like physical copies of it so I can kind of read along. I don't have those anymore. Oh. Fear not, my friend. <laughs> fear not. I've got numerous copies. Numerous. Numerous. Holy shit. Of at least Antichrist, Superstar, Mechanical Animals. Okay. Mechanical Animals in particular. Because this dude looks like a sick, nippleless, dickless alien. Yeah. He looks like, uh, damn, a pansexual, like, uh, androgynous doll, basically. Alien. Doll thing. Yeah. Did you ever notice in the dope, you remember the dope show video at all? Not really, man. <clears throat> Those we're, are, we're going 20 well, years plus. Like, experimenting, like they were experimenting on him, and he's dressed like that on a, on, on the lab that they're experimenting him okay. on is the old command center for the Power Rangers. Is it really? Yeah, dude, that's, that's so weird. <laughs> You'd have to watch the video. Fucking Zordon's little... Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, where's uh, Zordon? Aye, aye, aye. That is awesome. <clears throat> but yeah, this album, man, that, that was a moment... In '99, that I was ne- I was working at Sam Goody. It was my favorite job I've ever had. Working at a music store. Dude, That's I your favorite job. Water to fucking fish working there. I was like, yeah, you. I was like Quicksilver in that fucking working there. I was like, everything was just slow motion, or everything looked like it was just stopped. And I was like, but I'm gonna do the fuck I want in this store. I'm gonna sell this shit, dude. I sold that copy, a copy of this album. To a family of four that just got 
to a store after church service. How? How? I'm like, hey, you like Pink Floyd? You like uh, there? Because there's some Pink Floyd drizzle with like uh, sprinkles on it. Okay. He's like, uh, I told the guy, you like Bowie? You know, some more like the glam, glammy Bowie. He's like, yeah, that shit's cool. I like it. So I let him listen to um, yeah, what the fuck was uh, I, I like the drugs. Okay. I don't like the drugs, but the drugs like me. I have to go back and listen to the album. Like, it's been I forever. Him, I understand the subject matter, but listen to the music. Listen to it like it's yo, that shit is super funky. Like it sounds like a funk song. He's like, yeah, man, I'll I'll buy it from you. Like you sold me on it. So that that album, man, it, like I'll never forget that whole era when that shit came out. All the promotional stuff. I I, I remember that most of all. I would call. I was able to get the store manager to allow me to do a midnight release and everything for that album. Like I ran shop when that shit dropped. Would you say that was Manson's like, uh, I don't know, like his biggest period? That was his black album. Like I, I guess where he was at his peak in popularity or some shit. I, I don't know. I've never really followed him peak enough to know. Peak in popularity is. I mean, it's almost to the point where if you follow the storyline that's woven in between the three albums, it kind of mirrors what's happened to him as a musician in okay. the real world. So in this album, it's like his fucking rise to fame. It was like he's the dope show, which it's all about him. He's this fucking dope artist. I mean, it was the first rock rock band I, I mean, I'm currently wearing a Manson shirt. Right. So it was the first time I ever uh, was anticipating one of his albums. Because by the time I got into him, once I saw the Sweet Dreams video, I wasn't, I didn't dive right in to get the album, but I was just consuming. Like, whenever the videos would come on, I'd watch it. I'd leave it on. I was still mainly buying rap albums, but I was opening my mind up to, to those, uh, to, like, Corn and, and then when I saw Rage later, you know. Yeah, everything that was pretty huge that during that era, it, too. I started listening to, um, within two years of listening to that Sweet Dreams video. But, like I said... Interestingly enough, Sweet Dreams being a cover. Right. Yeah. Oh. Right? The Sweet Dream shirt. <laughs> oh, bring it full circle, man. Yeah. And it's funny, now that I think about it, I'm, wor- I'm wearing a Pantera shirt, and one of my other favorite covers during that era was their cover of Planet Caravan. Such a sick cover. Yeah. That, that video is awesome, too. Amazing. I remember just fucking... That, it's the craziest way to, to end an album, too. It's usually so fucking like in your face, like hardcore. That's my favorite Pantera. It's it's great. It's probably the one I go to the most. Believe it or not. And see, and and Mechanical Animals album was was split in two, like at least thematically within the album, it was half the songs were Marilyn Manson the band. The American band, and the part of the other thematically half of the album is Omega and the Mechanical Animals. So it's where he would play more of a Bowie character, even so. Okay. Because that was the other. You look at the the androgynous cover. It's the songs that fit within that that theme or that whatnot. Theme, 
is those songs that are on there. The case originally came in a translucent blue. I think I, I remember case. that. I think you had it in your car for a while, and I for remember seeing it. That I even have it on tape still. No shit. Yeah, I got three albums on tape still. Is Mechanical Animals, Tinderbox from Susie and the Banshees. That has that, that song face to face. I don't know what that is. Batman Returns. Okay. When Selena Kyle is dancing with Bruce, they're at that ball and they both realize who they, they are. are. That song that's playing in the background, that's yeah. Susie and the Banshee. Oh, I gotta hear it again. I know the scene, but I can't Sick. remember the song. I, I love that song. <clears throat> and the third album is what? What of the that you own on tape? Oh, on tape is uh, Anima. Oh, from Tool. <laughs> what does that look like on tape? It's the same fucking shit. That's the on same the little holographic. Instead, instead, instead of a square, it's more the the rectangular, rectangular image. What yeah. is it? A lithograph? We were saying one day. Uh, lenticular. Uh, lenticular. There from, you go. Yeah, that little scratchy where that yeah. <laughs> the the ridges. <laughs> yeah. Where everybody thought they were a DJ. Yeah, my show was all fucking scratched up. <laughs> I'm scratching it with your fingernails. I'm gonna fucking scratch it with my fingernails. Did you touch my cover like that? But yeah, the other half of the album was his ult- the alter ego he had created, Omega and the Mechanical Animals. But when you would slip the pages, there would be like hidden messages throughout the the artwork. When you slip it through the blue cover, yeah, it would look. You would see. Um, like green it would look kind of green and blue and like you don't know and then when you slid the thing in the blue cover it would it would block out all the blue so you would see text written in yellow okay so it would block out the certain it's like a like light filter and, and it like, wasn't necessarily like lyrics you're reading like little messages that yeah you it was like little, weird um stuff that if you listen to the album there's it's just stuff that's just kind of said in the background it's like okay, uh, okay, kids, it's time for recess. Uh, please pick up your guns or something. Like yeah, it's just it's weird shit that you'd have to look at the album. Yeah. And I was able to get two copies of it on vinyl years ago, and it split. The vinyl is two two the, the, the two sections split. Oh, that's cool. And the the Manson half of it is on white vinyl. And it says uh, coma on it, but it looks like a pill. Okay. So like your the drug is the album, and then the well they're both drugs because the yeah. other half of the album is is uh, translucent blue. It's like okay. see through blue. So it's like you're taking. That's the it omega LSD. side. Yeah, the omega side. So like that image is is sick as fuck. And then this one that you see over here is looks kind of um like sketched out. Is that like a variant it's cover? It's the Japanese edition. Of oh, I love it when they do shit like that. I have a copy of that. The booklet is hand-drawn stills of the I Don't Like the Drugs video. Okay. So you go through it and it looks just like that where it's like sketched out. It looks like co- almost color pencils. Mm-hmm. Like a thin mechanical pencil. Yeah, no sketchy. intended. As the outline. <laughs> Bro, I'm on them today. Yeah. The, fucking, like, the outline looks super crisp. <laughs> I don't know that album. It's he had a huge impact in me. That's what made Would me that, kind of it, get mind state outside of. It made me question religion. Yeah, clearly. I, 
think everybody who has at some point has something that did it for them. I don't know if it's necessarily an album, but some kind of trigger. For me, it was him. So would you say that's your favorite Manson album? Um, It's not my favorite, but it's the one that definitely got me in. To me, it, it would have to be Antichrist. Yeah, it's just such a good it's album. It's such a fucking yeah. great, and the fact that Trent Reznor is all over, the, he sprinkled trenches all over that yeah. album. Come on. That kind of bought me into it even more, because I was always more of a a Nine Inch Nails fan than a Manson fan, but anytime they would work together, that would pull me more over to to Manson. Because that was it. That was the last time they worked together, aside from when Manson directed the Starfuckers video. But that was it. That was the extent of the last of their collaboration. And that album was recorded uh, in the Manson house. Remember okay. when I showed you the Nine Inch Nails video? I do, I Gave do. Up? That's when they recorded. Are you aware of this crazy uh, super group that they almost tried to form during that, that era in the 90s? It was like Trent and uh, I think it was Maynard. Tapeworm? Maybe. Yeah, if, if it's Maynard and Trent, it was Tapeworm. They, a, a, a couple of people. I can't remember who else was a part of it. It was basically Maynard with some of the dudes that played with Nine Inch Nails live. But it was it was a bizarre collaboration of people, and anything they did record apparently wasn't very good because nothing ever came of it. Two, two songs did. Yeah? Yeah, a song Passive that uh, Perfect Circle has on... The one with uh, Chino from Deftones? No. no, 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 I'm thinking Passerby or some shit. Yeah, no, but that the Passenger... Okay, that's, Passenger, um, there you go. That's Maynard on Death Zone song. But it's uh, track five on Emotive, their their album of covers. The, the political song covers. And the other song is called Potions that uh, Maynard ended up recording with Pussyfoot. So that was another, the only two tapeworm songs that made it into anything. Maynard, Danny Loner, Atticus Ross, and Trent Reznor. Somebody yeah, else. Yeah, so Nine Inch Nails. Alan Mulder. I don't know who that is. It's the mixer. Sound engineer. Yep, Nine you Nine are Nine correct. Nine. Mixing engineer. Yeah, I don't have a Nine Inch Nails tattoo for nothing, buddy. All right, <laughs> I, I ain't Dang calling man. that into question, bro. But yeah, man, Mechanical Animals. That's the iconic album cover. It sounds super glammy. It does. Super mechanical. No, all the pun intended. It's I don't know, dope as fuck to me. Now, I didn't have a particular order. I guess I'll stick to rock and then I'll kind of jump off. Since we had mentioned Tool, Undertow. Amazing album cover. I love it. One of my favorite album covers ever. Not my favorite Tool album, but my favorite Tool cover. Yeah. I would agree my favorite Tool cover, but also probably one of my favorite Just albums. Just static image. I'm not yeah. talking about packaging because Lateralis, 10,000 Days, True. and now Fear and Oculum, like they just beat. That image is so simple though, dude, and it's so creepy looking. Have you seen it in motion? I think I have. Because it's 
it, it, yeah like the tendrils kind of yeah. move around and shit yeah yeah like i had uh painted or recreated this album cover uh, but i'm not sure if you ever i have seen, seen my it. painting i have seen I, mean, it. I get that was the first painting i ever sold i sold that shit to Dre. <clears throat> I, it's awesome I, I wouldn't say tortured myself but i was super method about the way i wanted to paint it like you wanted to torture yourself in order to make it? I wanted to create an environment that would make me dive deep into the visuals of the album, of just the cover. Okay. So I had the subwoofer for my surround sound. So where I had it, I could put a canvas on it. It was like a fucking four foot canvas. Okay. That I put in front of the subwoofer. And there's not a lot of wood in the middle of it. So as it's, as I was playing the album on loop, over and over as I'm playing the album, it would vibrate off of the canvas the itself. The canvas would turn around. So I would, I would paint to, it would almost force me to paint to the rhythm because I had to, I was, I was basically um, a slave to the rhythm. Like I had to, I'm either going to create a blotch because I'm pressing too hard as the canvas is pushing onto the brush or I'll pay attention to the rhythm and I'm like, and as it's vibrating off the canvas, I got to paint to it. And how did that, how did that play out for you? Bro, that shit was amazing. <laughs> it was such a dope experience to go through that. It was kind of like it, when you do something in a video game, when you know you you automatic like you're not succeeding in your method, and you're like, I'm just gonna yeah, I'm gonna do this and change and it, it up. So like it changes your whole your whole dynamic of painting. You're a method painter. A method, <laughs> not a method actor. <laughs> yeah. Oh or at least God. in the, at least in this moment where you created this, you know. Yeah. Um. I painted the. It was a white canvas. I had started doing the the base coat. It took me about three coats of black to get the background solid black. Yeah, because you want it to look like an abyss, basically. Yeah. Like you're looking into the void. And that's what it feels like when you look at that image. Like yeah, it's, it's like, so, you're, like you're getting caught in the undertow. Yes. I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm not going to say it. You fucking say it. <laughs> today. I, I, I love that album, dude. And I, I don't know. I, I, we've spoken about it before. I mean, it's probably because it's the first two album I really listened to. And it, I don't know. I, I'm partial to it. Yeah, it sticks out. I mean, I'm Anima and the smoke box. Yeah. Yeah, that shit, especially when you would with that lenticular cover and mm-hmm. all the, the eyes behind the... That shit was creepy as fuck, too. Oh, I loved ch- it. Change around the artwork and there's a dude trying to suck it's his own dick. trying to suck dick. his own dick, yeah. But yeah, the undertow, the, those rib, that rib cage, and especially when it's in motion, it's kind of Is like, that what it's supposed to be? To me, the, I treat it like a rib cage. I always looked at it as if it was like a, like a parasite, like looking for somebody to leech itself onto or to like latch itself onto. You know what I mean? Because of the tendrils and shit. That's how I always look yeah, at it. Yeah, it's almost like in Beetlejuice when that thing uh, goes around. It looks a lot <laughs> like that, yeah. And it just like, kind of like engulfs. And wraps itself yeah. around you and shit. Like, so, I always kind of looked at it as that. Like, it's wrapping around my fucking brainstem and shit to, to influence my, my fucking train of thought. Or well, whatever. Tool will do that to you. Yeah. Trying to get to your third eye. <laughs> No. <laughs> the pine, the pineal gland. <laughs> the pineal gland. <laughs> I love that album cover. You gotta it's pry amazing. open your third eye, but yeah. But yeah, man, that was uh, my third one was uh, Tool's Undertow. 
Like I said, these are no particular order. It's not like one's above. Yeah, I don't think it really other. needs to be. And I'm sure there's other covers that in a few days I'm like, oh fuck. I Why didn't I think of that one? Up. Yeah, it'll be too late. But still, Fucking I mean, Wu Tang's first album cover. <laughs> 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 but that was it. Uh, next one. Oh, Ride the lightning from Metallica. Metal up your ass. Right? Yes. Metal Alica. Metal Alica. <laughs> Metal Alica. <laughs> Dude, that image of lightning striking the electric chair. Yes. Brought up think like references that I would hear later on with like the chasing the dragon, like somebody that's just always trying to get that high that they never and you just can't achieve but riding the lightning is like almost like uh, like in the crow like the third one um, I haven't seen Salvation. it oh, yeah I, like we talked about it before out. like that's how the guy goes out on like an electric chair on an electric chair no shit yeah because he got framed for the murder of his girlfriend when it wasn't him oh okay the, it, it was partial like a Romeo and Juliet style where like the girl's father didn't approve of her dating this dude whatever that I no it's it's actually it's a pretty pretty dope movie I know we were you were made fun of for watching that movie or for liking it recently who me yeah you don't remember oh not at all I'm gonna fuck I'm just (laughs) I'm gonna fuck I like that movie (laughs) that soundtrack had some awesome songs a damn good cover so you like the soundtrack covers I, I like the soundtrack more than the movie okay Dude, this is fucking Static X covering Ministry. Oh, no shit. With Burton Seabell from Fear Factory. I love Ministry, dude. So imagine like two bands that were influenced by Ministry covering a Ministry song together. Oh, okay. I'll give the soundtrack a listen to. For sure. Probably yeah, you got Stabby Westford on there. One of the few wow. Kid Rock songs that are... Actually, talk all the shit you want about Kid Rock. I've never that heard anything song is I super really dope. liked. That's the thing. Uh, Monster Magnet is on there. That's the name of the song? No, that's the band. So, those whatever, just those two album covers, cool. Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets, were always my two favorite <laughs> Metallica album covers. A graveyard and a fucking electric chair hovering in the middle mm-hmm. of the sky. Getting electrocuted. Dude, some of them would be... That's still my favorite Metallica album. It's amazing. I have I have it on vinyl, I think. It's enough of the thrashy yeah,ness of uh, Kill 'em All. With shit like Fade to Black and stuff on there, which are is an amazing song. That one and and Master of Puppets. Those two album covers to me are like their two best ones. Yeah. And even in Justice for All. Yeah. I, I mean, do yeah, like it. Just for uh, for good measure. I do like it, but I, I, as far as album artwork, those two are my favorite. And they're, yeah, they're, they're pretty synonymous. Like it's, yeah, they feel like they belong together in that era. God damn, this shit! It's just so like, back again to like the the mega eighties. Yes. <laughs> Effect on the fonts. Metal font. <laughs> yeah. So metal. The, the fucking font is metal. You can stab someone in the face with it. Especially with the corners of the metal alica. <laughs> metal alica. I remember... Who the bell told? Yes. Awesome song. Awesome song, but that remix of song, the Spawn soundtrack... I love it. I prefer that over the... You prefer it. Now, my only beef with that remix is the fact 
that. It's missing a verse. It's missing a verse? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that shit doesn't... It starts off from... Oh, it's missing a verse from the original song. Yeah. Okay. Like, it starts off from the second verse on. Okay. I know which one it's missing. such a... Dude, that, oh, that that drum and bass. It sounds cool as fuck. And DJ Spooky, I think, is the dude that remixed it. I don't remember. But I remember that w- that being one of my favorite songs on that soundtrack. Uh, I mean, Long Hard Road Out of Hell. The Manson Sneaker Pimp song. That one's cool. I remember that. Oh, fucking Filter and the Crystal Method. That one was really good. Uh, Ronnie Size and... Uh, Ronnie no, not Ronnie Size. It was Goldie and Henry Rollins. What song was that? I don't remember what song that was. Atari Teenage Riot and Slayer. Oh, holy shit. I need to go back. It was uh, Tom Morello and the Prodigy. Okay. Uh, Orbital and and Kirk Hammett. I need to go back and listen to this album. Bro, that soundtrack is not to be fucked with. No shit. They did the Judgment Night soundtrack. Did you ever hear that? Uh, when it was like rappers. And I remember like the movie, but I don't remember the soundtrack. Onyx and Slayer. I remember that. Well, no, I'm lying. I remember Onyx Biohazard. and Biohazard. There you go. That's, yes. that's the one. It was the same producer would do that. Like that was He was notorious for doing that whenever they would do soundtracks. Okay. And he would pair up just... Like the soundtrack would have a theme. And it would just be pairing up. He did that on the Blade 2 soundtrack. Okay. And he had the Gorillas and Method Man. Uh, gorillas and Red Man. Yeah, I don't think I, I heard that soundtrack. Either. Massive Attack and Most Death. Holy shit. Yeah, man. Go check that shit out. So, Metallica, Ride the Lightning. Album number four. You have any more? Um, I had a fifth one and then like an honorable mention. It's just something that came up out of nowhere. Okay. That's why it's honorable mention, because <laughs> I only checked it out because of the album cover, and it turned out to be really fucking good. And it was? Yes. Now, I'm going to leave that one for last. Okay. And this is one of my favorite, this is on my Mount Rushmore of hip-hop albums of all time. Is that... It's common. But th- B. That, that's B, I was going to yeah. say. This image in particular, <clears throat> it so suits the name of the album be like be in the moment like enjoy life like sometimes you need to stop and just enjoy what your experience that's is arguably his best album oh it's arguably some of kanye's best production as well dude that fucking that song the food that they do live on Chappelle I, show i have yeah i remember i the have studio to, version's equally good i have to listen to that album it's probably been, been like 15 years since i've heard that album this is like twice over my favorite Kanye album. No shit. Yeah. Okay. And he, he looks, it just that that image of just somebody enjoying their now. Yeah. He looks like he could be high, but he just genuinely looks like happy. he's high on life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm on him, though. <laughs> Y'all better enjoy him because sometimes they don't come. <laughs> I remember but that. But yeah, album. That, that album, man, that was, and it was such a stark difference from his previous album. Electric Circus. I don't remember that album. I'm I'm pretty sure I've listened to it because I've I've taken a couple of dives into his his catalog. But uh, I don't think I remember anything before B. But I should like this deserves a piggyback with 
the previous album's artwork as well. Electric Circus. But mainly this one because he just looked so content with where he was at. The music he was making, the people he was working with. It tells you a lot about what you're about to listen to. Yeah, like it's, it's like you can hear every song looking at that image of this dude. You don't know if he's smiling out of happiness. He's just like cracking up at some dumb shit Kanye said. But it's such a perfect album. What what year did that album come out? I should know this because it is my favorite album. And since you don't, fucking, I'm fucking up. Two thousand five points. Two thousand five. I thought it was like early two thousands, early aughts. Dude, I rocked that the shit. I, I have a copy in my car at all times. Okay. So I will always have a disc. I had one, and dude, and I lost it. And Electric Circus is kind of like the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper. Oh, shit. Where everybody that's on the cover is somebody. And when you get... like somebody And I actually recreated... And this is another album cover that I recreated. Okay. Like I painted Common. It's somebody that he that's like from pop culture or just somebody he he knows. Either pop culture, either a political Im- uh, political person, a civil rights activist, uh, a colleague, a contemporary, just somebody that does music with him. Yeah, somebody he felt it it necessary to put on, on exactly. the album cover, whether they be like an influencer or like a contemporary, like whether they what. An influence? B? B? In- oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking borderline dad jokes, dude. <laughs> hey. Yo, dad jokes? The fucking, they'll get the blood pumping, man. Yeah, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah like, the, fuck, I can't. God damn it. Oh, god damn it. What's wrong? I'm trying to enlarge this fucking cover so I can point out some of the people where I don't have to reference a goddamn liner notes. Ooh. You and look at who, oh, I got Apple hates Manda Binga. Holy shit, guys! I'm having testicle difficulties here. They had to come tanta pinga. He's like, I want pan con honey. Come on, Google. Yo, that's not good when some fucking Russian shit pop up on your screen. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Expand it. Who the fuck is on there? You like that's Erica Badu. Okay. Yeah. That's, you Holy see shit. Quest Love. Yeah. Uh. Fuck. There's who? a shit ton of people on there. Yeah, it's a lot. Um. Jimi Hendrix. Holy shit. Pharrell. What year did that album Marvin come Gaye. out? That has to be like 2000, 2001? That album? No. Oh, I, I think it's like 02. I wasn't too far off then. Oh, 02, yeah, December. Yeah, that album was, was super dope to me because it was super avant-garde for him. Like, it just, everything seemed plugged in. It's called Electric Circus. Everything seemed extra plugged in. Like, he took an extra... Like, he 
he took an extra step in his career to make it sound not just like like a the like water for chocolate the album that came out before that like I don't know he had to do from um from P.O.D. sing on a song like what the fuck yeah Sonny a song called Electric Fire Hustle Flower yeah Electric Wire Hustle Hustler Flower never was a fan of that band damn for real yeah I'm I love most, songs. most of their albums, but live, yo, they sound like ass. Really? Oh, wow. that dude cannot hold his fucking breath for shit. I I can't stand that aspect of like it's happened to me before. A band either sounds great live and on shit on a recording, or the 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 complete opposite of that. Rock song. Yeah. Dude, like I've seen that guy live three times, and he sounds like shit. Two three songs into the set. What about Marilyn Manson? Yeah, I seen him live once. He sounded okay, first time. Maybe I was clouded by the excitement. I don't know. Seen him three times after that. Sound like shit every time. Will not pay money to see. That not sucks. pay too much money to see. It's happened to me a couple times where I've seen a band live and have never heard them prior to having seen them live. I buy an album based off of that one show. And I'm extremely disappointed once I listen to the album. And I'm like, it just doesn't... It It's almost always been like music that is super energetic live and just doesn't play out as well when you're listening to an album. Yeah, that shit's worse when you buy the album from the person at the show. You're like, dude, I fucking, that was such a dope performance. Yeah. That shit's good. You get home. Or you put it in the car as you're driving away from the concert. Yep. That happened to me recently. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I just put a fucking wet donkey dick in my CD player. <laughs> that happened to me recently. It happened to me recently. I'm not going to say the name of the band. Why not? Because I'm not. Why? Why do you think I'm not going to like No, 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 no. No, I had never heard the band before. And the live performance was super fun. And it was, it was really, it was intense. It, there was a lot of energy in the band. I had never heard of the band before. And, um. And I went after the show, and I I met the the front the front man, front woman, front person, or whatever of the band, and I'm like, look, I haven't heard your music before tonight. Your show was awesome. If you're gonna recommend to me one album that I can buy and listen to right now, which one would it be? That person pointed it out to me. I bought it, ten bucks, you know. Yeah. Listen to it in the car on the way home, show support. and just wasn't really feeling it. Not not the same way I was during the show. It just didn't sound. It didn't have the same like power or kick behind it. I don't know. I I've hated whenever that's happened to me. It's only happened to me a handful of times, but it's like it's a shame because I I don't know. Some bands maybe they just they just it's a better experience in person. You yeah. know. I don't know if it has something to do with the venue or the show that the, the that the group puts on, but. It's happened to me a, a handful of times, and every single time, it's just been nothing but disappointment once I've actually listened to the album. I don't know. Yeah, it's like when I showed you that track from Puya. Yeah. Like, those people sound usually good. Live or Yeah, and, and no matter the, the, the show, like, where they're at. I would almost prefer that the album always sound better than the live performance, because I'm always going to hear the album more so than the live performance. True. But if it's a band that you're looking forward to and you get into it, like heavily and you you can't wait to go see them live and then you do and it's 
It's just complete fucking caca, then it just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> complete caca. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. It's a, it's a disappointment. I mean, it's, it's disappointing either way, though. Like, if you see them live for the first time, and you buy their studio album, or EP, or whatever. Yeah, it might put you off to the rest of their shit. Like, I'm not gonna go either buy some other shit from them that's or go see them live. Exactly. And vice versa. Yeah, I, I I don't think that's the thing. I don't think I'll buy another album. A part of me was like, you know, I really enjoyed this this uh, performance. It was fun. It was exciting. It, it it was a band that got like the the entire crowd into it. You know what I mean? And uh, and I was like, I want to support this band. It's a smaller band, you know. And I I I I'll give them my ten bucks. Ten bucks, whatever. And uh, afterwards, I was like, yeah, never again. Yeah, that bro. happened to me uh, with one of the opening acts for Soulfly. Yeah. Yo, that band tore that that opening act tore that fucking culture room a new asshole. Yeah. Like, yo, this fucking band's dope. I got to meet the band. They were cool as shit. Me and fucking smoked a blunt with the group and everything. Like, yo, I'm gonna buy the album. Get that shit signed by them cool ass dudes. I get in the fucking car on the way back. I'm like, dude, why the fuck do I hear the drums over everything? I'm like, oh my god, they said the mixing is. It was just poorly mixed. Horrendous. Oh, fuck. That's all. Like, all I hear is that. The hi hats and shit. Like, the hi hats and, like, the singers. But that, that, maybe that's not the band's fault. I mean, but you would think they'd hear the mix before. Oh, they confirmed that. You know what? I'm not a musician. I don't have musician funding issues. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't have to diversify my bonds to make sure I can be able to record <laughs> my album, you know? Uh, all right. Well, I think uh, I think we recorded long enough. We're going to go ahead and bring this to a close. Uh, once again, this is episode seven titled Covers. Thank you for joining us along for this ride. And uh, see you guys next time. Yep. See you guys on the other side. Peace. Peace.